0: I'm excited to have author, speaker, TV host, and founder of Kindsome, Sebastian Terry, join me on this episode of the Wealth Confidant podcast. I first met Sebastian at a conference in the Bay Area where we both had keynote speaking gigs. He and I immediately hit it off, and I knew we needed to continue our conversation, so I flew down to Southern California and paid him a visit. At the ripe old age of 27, Sebastian Terry realized that like most people, he had not achieved anything on his long forgotten bucket list. During an overseas trip and after the unexpected death of a close friend, Sebastian decided to put pen to paper and create his list, which he called 100 Things. He decided that he would set out on a journey and with the goal of checking items off the list along the way. This kind of incredible idea turned into an internationally published book a Discovery Networks documentary, and most importantly, an interactive website for people to share their goals and inspire others to chase their dreams. Sebastian's latest project is called Kindsum, K-I-N-D-S-U-M. Kindsum is a meeting place for human kindness. Pretty simple idea, really. It offers peer-to-peer helping opportunities for non-financial acts of kindness. If you want to help, this place will help you find people to help. You can find out more about Sebastian by following him on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Seb, S-E-B, 100 things. And make sure you sign up for his newsletter, which is www.kindsum.com. Again, that's K-I-N-D-S-U-M.com. I can't wait to share this episode with you. High energy guy, and I really think you're going to enjoy it. And Terry, welcome to the Wealth Confidant podcast. Thanks Thank for having you me. <laughs> so much for joining. I really appreciate it, and beautiful to be here in lovely Marina Del Rey, which I've never experienced before. So that's a bonus. I,
1: I feel very fortunate to be here myself. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really
0: nice. Wonderful. So could you start out by just giving my audience just the quick backstory on how 100 Things got started for you? Would you? Sure. I mean, essentially,
1: I was up until the age of 24, I was just sort of living the way that everyone's sort of supposed to live. You know, I went to university. I didn't know what to do at the end of it. I started a business and that's just kind of what people do. And I just wasn't feeling very fulfilled in any way. And, and, and in amongst all that, I lost a friend quite tragically. And the combination of those three things made me reconsider how I was living. And I realized in one, you know, emphatic moment that I was just really unhappy. So I just decided to prioritize becoming happier and experiencing the world in a different way. So I put a list of a hundred things together that I thought would make me smile more and experience the world. And it just made sense to me to drop everything and start this adventure, traveling around the world with no money, trying to tick things from this list. Very, you know, sort of selfish things. Some things are physical, emotional, none were really financial, but they all took me out of my comfort zone. It was just a very personal journey, but somehow it became popular. And so that kind of segued very naturally into me writing a book. I got offered to write a book and people around the world started hearing this message and started sending me their lists. And, and it seemed that it really hit a sensitive nerve with people this idea that you know we can all be living these these lives centered more around what we want rather than what Mm -hmm. others want of us and Mm -hmm. yeah so it became this kind of this accidental movement and then that as it got more popular people started asking me for help And the first guy I ever helped was a guy in a wheelchair who wanted to complete a half marathon and he asked me to push him and by this stage i was doing a bit of television around what i was up to and so i did and i pushed him and 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 then i just got hooked on this idea of helping people so i essentially forgot about my list. And I just started helping people around the world. And and then that sort of fast forwards to today, where I'm now approached by lots of people who want to help and a lot of people who need the help. And so I match make acts of kindness. If that makes any sense to you, I'm glad. But yeah. that's kind
0: of what 100 Things is. <laughs> so, so it started out as a list of things that you felt you wanted to do, and it turned out to be helping people. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the kind of
1: story arc, I mean, I, I talk about this a lot on stages, mm-hmm. but you know, it's, it's that analogy of, you know, when you get on a plane, they say, in case of an emergency, put mm-hmm. your oxygen mask on first before helping others. And I think it's just that. I've, I've looked after myself. I, I put my list together. I feel very much centered and I feel I know who I am, certainly at this point anyway. Mm-hmm. And by doing so, I think I've found myself naturally in a position to help other people with their masks. Mm-hmm. And and that's what I'm doing. So I'm just, in, you know, really enjoying and, and living in, in this moment. And it seems to be going in this direction where, I I, I'm very fortunate I I, again become a catalyst for real positivity and the story's outgrown just me one Mm -hmm. man and a list and it's turned into this this global thing where kindness is really being recognized and I'm I'm, uh, stoked to say that I'm kind of on the forefront of this I I, I guess yeah there's lots of kind acts being carried out that that are super meaningful to people
0: what's the most meaningful
1: kind act that you've been a part of there's so many, you know. There's so many at the moment. I've just spoken to someone in LA who needs a kidney, you know. So I guess as extreme as that, she, she's uh, she had renal failure. She's on dialysis. The life expectancy after five years on dialysis just goes down very sharply.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So you're looking at five to ten years. But the, the wait list to get a donor is ten years minimum. So essentially, these people are on a you know a, a death sentence. Mm-hmm. So I'm about to share her project and say, look, does anyone want to donate a kidney? Now, of course, I can't guarantee anything happens, but it's things like that that are real. I guess it's the projects that either save a life or really change a life. They're the ones that I, I always remember. And it's also interesting. You don't have to save a life to make a significant difference. You know, there are... You know, The smallest acts of kindness are the things that people remember, I believe, and, and, and they're the ones that are really easily accessible to everyone. And I have this belief that we all want to help people. We all have that innate drive, that innate ability, desire to do so, but we just don't know where the opportunities are. Mm-hmm. So that's what I see I do. I, I kind of shine a light on the opportunities. So is that your life purpose now? Yeah, I believe so. I don't think too much about things. I, I sort of just feel my way through life. I mean, it's it's odd, like you know, like you say, we're in Marina del Rey, we're in California. I'm not from here. I'm Australian, and without having put too much thought into it, I'm I'm here. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, people say, why are you here? And, and and the simple answer is, well, I I think this is the best place for me to create this platform, which I've done. It's to scale kindness. It's to scale kindness so everyone has access to it.
0: Now, you talked in some of the things I've read about you that uh, the idea of living a life reflective of your values. Yeah. And so how did you determine that that was important and how did that play out in Mm. in your story? Well, I only learned it along the way. It it wasn't
1: like I sat there at the beginning and I I thought, oh, I need a list that's representative of my values. It wasn't that Mm. at all. It's all sort of retrospectively learned. But uh, I, I just you know like i ask everyone the question what's on your list you know mm-hmm. in fact i'll ask you now what's on your list what what would you love to what's something that's on your list
0: in life small big doesn't matter well my wife would like to take me skydiving and I, <laughs> I, I i still got my feet on the ground so <laughs> it's probably on the list okay
1: well that's good was well, definitely on your wife's list which would suggest to me that on her list is this idea of of, of helping wanting you to be adventurous perhaps and maybe that stems from her sense of adventure climbing mount rainier would be one okay it's on my list so yeah so that speaks kind of to that value of you know maybe freedom or liberation or exploration or adventure. adventure and i you know and i think as you create a list though that's why it's important to understand your values you can come up with items that are that relate to them i think often in life the risk is and you hear people having midlife crises or living without purpose or getting to a certain stage in life which you you thought was successful whether it's financial or you know whatever it might be And these people don't feel quite fulfilled. And I think it's because they're perhaps haven't checked in with their values lately. And they've they've achieved these milestones on the outside, on the periphery. But they're not really tied to any values of theirs. And, you know, I think a lot of people find success measures then
0: of money or whatever. uh,
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you you hear more more. people achieve X amount of dollars or a certain position in a company or they have a house or a family or whatever. And then they're like, well, hang on. I I don't feel good. Mm -hmm. And I think if you broke it down, it's because their values might be slightly different.
0: So the list, though, if I'm hearing you correctly, the list are the keys to the values. Yeah, absolutely. So you take that list and say, okay, John, you care about adventure.
1: Well, kind of. I mean, the way I created my list was a shotgun approach. I just went and just put all these things on a bit of paper in one moment, you know. So there was like marry a stranger in Las Vegas, skydive naked, which I wouldn't recommend. There was, you know, (laughs) living on a deserted island for a week, helping a stranger. There was all these things. I just shot on a bit of paper. If I took a step back from that, I would see of the hundred things, you could probably basket them into five different categories. You know, one was definitely adventure and liberation and freedom. The other one was exploration. The other Uh one was, I didn't know myself, so I was really curious as to how to explore that. And so that was kind of my list. How I would teach it, I do workshops now, Mm -hmm. is that you do like a very simple values exercise, and that is a fundamental first step. From that comes a list. It's almost like an iceberg. Like the part above the water is your list. Yes. That's the shiny stuff, but it's far deeper below the water is your values, the foundations upon which the list comes from.
0: So those things are reflective, though, is the point. And so you did do some reflective work on your own before you did the workshops, did you do that on yourself as well?
1: I just realized it. I found that we all change over time, and I certainly had. I've been doing this for nine years. Uh And so those kind of like more um, superficial, silly things you know, crash a red carpet or walk across a country or whatever. They they very much reflect how I was back then nine years ago. Now, I don't really care about that stuff. I wouldn't skydive naked again. It doesn't appeal to me. Mm -hmm. But what does appeal to me is it's more about connection and trying to influence positively and a sense of building community and nurturing relationships. And so. You know, although my list is published in a book, of course, our lists change sure. over time. We need to be checking in all the time. Now it's different, but I, I'm aware now at least that, you know, they're not just random things that happen to be on a bit of paper in front of me. They're, they're very much a part of me. And so your
0: list does change. The list that's published on your website, I saw it. That yep. list has been evolving. For and,
1: sure. Okay. I've done 72 things. and I, like, The truth is I don't think I'll finish my list of 100 just because I, I've changed. I, I'd much rather help people. I, I'd much rather help you go skydiving. Or I should say, help your wife get you <laughs> get you to go skydiving.
0: Um, I'm panicked right now. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> rather than me. So yeah, it, our list should change, and it, and I think that comes down to checking in every so often. Yeah, like I said, I do workshops on this. How I, have I evolved? Have I changed? evolved? Yeah, what you know is adventure as important to me now, or is it more relationship based, or you know, any one of the other?
0: So you're all about sharing and spreading kindness to others, but what's the kindest thing that someone has done for you? Huh ask a question. Since I started this
1: journey, I, I've just really put my guards down. I'm just very vulnerable and open to the world. I have a mm-hmm. huge faith and love in people. And so, I mean, I'm shown kindness every day in small ways that people, I mean, you know, I'm a stranger in, in LA, but I, I get invited all the time to little dinners and stuff, which is, mm-hmm. which is lovely. That's a very easy kind of mm-hmm. example. You know, I, I had no money in New York and a friend took me in and I stayed on his floor and then a, a stranger took me in and I stayed in their spare rooms so, or uh, things like that. If the truth be known, I'm not very good at accepting. Is that true for maybe all of us at some level? Probably, yeah, absolutely.
0: We yeah. want to be givers, not receivers. Of course. That's why I was curious. The kindness thing, for somebody to have the courage to say, I need help, yeah. takes some courage. Absolutely. And, and I think this is kind of like one of the bigger um, hurdles to jump
1: over with what I'm doing now in that I'm basically creating a platform for people who need help to say, hey, I need help and put their hand up. Mm-hmm. But that's really daunting. People feel selfish, you know, I don't want to draw all that attention on myself, that's greedy, but but it's not. I, I actually think what happens is by saying, hey, I need help, you're creating a beautiful opportunity that didn't exist before, for someone to react to and say, hey, I'm here for you. And that's what we naturally need. I think we just want to connect with each other. Mm-hmm. So by creating the opportunity saying, I need help, putting your hand up, you allow a very natural kind of cycle to happen, which is connection through through helping and supporting each other.
0: And you said you have a great faith and love yeah. of people, but
1: ha- have people let you down? I, I'm very fortunate. I pretty much only come in contact with great people. Mm-hmm. When I say great, I just mean, you know, authentic sure. individuals who are just, you know, nice. Mm-hmm. I think people are good intrinsically. There's been a few occasions where I've you know, met a few people who are not quite as they appear. I think that's part of life, right? It's the yin and the yang. There they must exist the good and the bad. But no, I I think I can only focus on myself, and I can only you know set up and prepare for what others might do. I can't control them. So yeah, I've I've I have come into contact with a few shadier
0: characters, but by and large, it sounds like it's oh yeah been a good experience.
1: Brilliant. The the fact that even a hundred things is known, or you'd like to you know do this interview or. The fact that I was approached to a show where I master, it shows that we're, we all resonate with this idea of, uh-huh. of positivity or kindness or goal setting and helping and connection. It's within all of us and it's all I ever
0: see. On this journey, which has been nine, nine years, it's mm-hmm. been a long journey and you've learned a lot. What do you think you've learned so far that really stands out to you?
1: I think we're completely in control of our own lives. I don't think it's up to anyone else. I think that people have a fear of accountability and, and I certainly did up until 24 when you know I decided to pursue this list, I think we're entirely accountable for what we do. And I think we're not really told within society to give ourselves permission to do X, Y, or Z for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something we have to take ourselves, but it takes a split-second decision. I'm going to give myself permission to consider myself. I think that's just so simple. People say, how are you able to do this, that, or the other? How on earth has, have you got to a position where you're helping other?" Just because I chose to, really. Mm-hmm. I had no exact plan, which is another thing I've learned. You don't really need a, a set-in-stone plan. I think what's much more important is you just need to understand your why. I think mm-hmm. if you understand your why, which, again, is related to values, this thing mm-hmm. that keeps popping up, I, I think the, the how sort of works itself out. Again, I think that one of the most important things that I've learned, for myself at least, I can only speak about myself, mm-hmm. but uh, is the power of choice. Everything's a choice. You choose to climb a mountain or you choose not to. Mm-hmm. And, and it's simple as that. I think you choose to be happy or unhappy. I think you choose to be successful or, or unsuccessful. And if you're going through a really bad moment or an event in your life, if you want to label it bad, in mm-hmm. inverted commas, you choose to deal with it however you do. Mm-hmm. And you know you can either choose to react positively or choose to react negatively. And, and I just think those simple things for me have, have, have become really clear and loud in my life so we're in the driver's seat of our lives and and it's a beautiful thing
0: and do you believe that people by and large just unconsciously go through life forgetting that they have a choice
1: yeah yeah because it's easier to say that we don't because then you're just a victim to it so i just had a video shared online by a guy called Jay Shetty who has a huge following. I think he used to be a monk and now he's some sort of personal development guy. So he just shared a video of mine. It's been viewed 4 million times in the last month or so. And I get so many questions from strangers around the world now about what I'm doing. But interestingly, one of the most common questions is how are you able to do that? How are you able to drop everything and go and achieve your mm-hmm. list? Then you look at some of the comments, which is one of the worst things you can do online, and mm-hmm. it's like, oh, this guy must have a rich dad, or what about, he must have turned his back on everyone in life. And it's, it's none of those things, you know. So, But I think the reason they're asking that is to validate why they're not doing it. Oh, he's rich. Oh, mm-hmm. he's lucky. Oh, he's extremely brave. Justify must... it. Yeah, it's like, that's why I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. I think that kind of lends itself to what you're saying, which is people would rather pretend that it's not up to them and they're they're just a passenger when that's not the truth
0: and so is the hundred things list really about the realization and maybe this is just for you that the fulfillment of life only comes through helping others no I, i think helping others is kind of like perhaps the end piece of it for you or do you think that's the outcome for everybody
1: well, I don't know. I, I, I don't claim to be the, the source of all knowledge. and you know. But Well, you're the
0: source of 100 things. So. Yeah.
1: I would say that helping others is crucial to a true sense of fulfillment or contentment in life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I, the caveat is you must work on yourself first. I think like nine years ago, if I just suddenly decided to create a list of other people I wanted to help, I wouldn't have been good at it. It wouldn't have been as good for me as it is now. You have so many analogies around this, but your, yeah. your glass has to be full before you can fill someone else's up. And But I, I do think it's the story arc is look after yourself so that you can look after others.
0: The quote I've also heard you say, which is work at who you are and then learn just to be that.
1: Yeah, I think... Is that the same thing? It's In my head, it's slightly different. I mean, yeah, it's all sort of related, though. It, it's interesting. A lot of people know of me and they say, oh, you're the guy who did hmm. this these crazy things or whatever. They think it's important to skydive or mm-hmm. you know walk across the country and I, I don't really think that's the point anymore I, I got to a stage in my journey where I ticked off a lot of things and I, I mentioned before briefly but I got off with a blank check by a very wealthy guy who wanted to support me I, I didn't know him that well I just met him and he said I want you to do all the things from your list and I, and I thought about it and I thought wow if he gives me all this money a blank check as much money as I need I'll be able to tick everything off really really quickly and it'll be great But then I started thinking, well, maybe this journey isn't about just the ticking of a hundred things. I mean, do do you care? Does anyone really care whether I've done a hundred things or not? And I started wondering whether I did. I really think that the list and, you know, our goals in life are really, it's just a vehicle really for us to kind of work out who we are on a deeper level. Speaking to myself, I think my journey has been an opportunity for me to try and find out who I am. Mm -hmm. And the key for me to be happy is just to be me. Authentically. It's got nothing to do with whether I reach the top of the mountain or not. That's just the opportunity for me to work out who I am.
0: And so, what I experience is people who have money, but you know, instead of having somebody write you a check to go do whatever you want, if you're a wealth creator and you've got money, you've created wealth, and you've got ultimate choice, you've got Uber choice. Yeah. But you may still not be choosing. And you may believe, or you may get yourself in a place where you believe by just continuing to check off the of things on my list houses, things, mm-hmm. places, cars. So I'm curious to know how how do you see money or what you see with people? You know, yeah. it sounds like this guy wrote you a check, but what do you see with people? Oh, with... I said no to that check, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I know. I yeah. So, but it's interesting if you had the check. Yeah. It's interesting, I'm just curious how you see that playing out in this whole equation when you add money to the mix. Well, for me, I've never really thought about money. I left with nine
1: thousand dollars nine years ago, ran out very quickly, and then I don't know. I just it, things have just worked out whether I for the first part, I certainly stayed on people's floors and just lived on an absolute shoestring, maximizing my credit card as much as I could. I don't give talks on financial you know literacy mm-hmm. or you know, how, <laughs> how to navigate life on money, but you know that's just what I did and then it just so happened that a book deal came my way, and then a TV show and then a you know I, I now speak around the world and I get paid for all those things. But, but that's just a byproduct, I think. I don't ever focus on the money. I, for me, following my heart, doing what I think is right, following a passion, identifying a passion, and just
0: going for it, it has a way of generating its own way of it working mm-hmm. out. Well, let's say it gets way bigger than it is right mm. now, financially. How, if at all, do you think that would change you?
1: Oh, it wouldn't change me at all.
0: What I, would you do though? How, so now I got a pot of money, yeah. and I can help people very differently.
1: Sure, I wouldn't change a thing. It would accelerate the growth of this platform.
0: Okay. To Kindness platform, Kindness your... platform, yeah,
1: okay. and, and and that would that would be it. I wouldn't ch- change where I live. I wouldn't change what I eat. I, nothing like that. I, but I mean, o- off of me, I think it's just interesting what our relationship with money is, and and I do hear from a lot of people who have met, financially are super successful, and like you say, that some people kind of wonder then, wow, I've done this. I've got this milestone. What does that now mean for me? And I think it's such a valuable question. What do you see them saying typically? Well, I I think people generally want to give back. Here in LA, I've I've got a couple of close friends who are sort of asking, what is the best way to give back? And you know, typically it's either a big donation to a charity Mm -hmm. or setting up a foundation of their own or investing in social impact business. I mean, there's a million things. Positively, it seems as though there is this big mindset of, I want to do something for someone else. But it's interesting that a lot of people on their lists who share it on my site will say, "I want to win the lottery." It's like, "Well, what, why do you have a love of competition?" Now you won the money. What do you do now? What are going to do? That's with the it? ultimate question. I suppose that's, I suppose that's where you come in,
0: right? What's the money for? <laughs> yeah, that's the question I like to ask people: is what yeah. is the money for? Because some of the hundred things giving back to other people can be acts of kindness. It's an act. Oh yeah. But if you now say, "I could also write a check," yeah, would I? Exactly. And I don't know. You know.
1: I'm just talking really openly now, yeah. but. I support a lot of charities, I've raised a lot of money for different charities over the time. But I you know, I really wonder and and it's certainly been a driver for this new platform of mine, mm-hmm. which I'm calling Kindsum, by the way. K-I-N-D-S-U-M. Okay. As in Kindness Counts. Yeah. But I, I wonder how truly moving it is for someone to make a big donation to a charity as opposed to helping someone in the street get a meal or sitting with them and listening to their story. Right. And I'm pretty convinced that's much more impactful for that person. And and so that's what I'm trying to create, opportunities for peers to help other
0: peers. Get close. Yeah. You actually get close to somebody. It's
1: connection. I mean, I've raised relatively a large amount of money for charity, near half a million. But without a strategy or anything, it's just been great. I've got to say that I did it and it's nice to be able to say, and in a bio, I can say, oh, I raised X amount of money, but I don't feel particularly... Brilliant. I mean, I feel good, but it's mm-hmm. not life changing for me. I'd much rather say, Well, I helped, you know, half a million people by myself. I brought a smile to their face because mm-hmm. you, you have that beginning to end connection point. You get to hug them at the end of the day. And I, mm-hmm. anyway, I, I'm fascinated and obsessed with trying to scale that for other
0: people. It'll be interesting to see how money can play into that because I think when you all that makes complete sense, and it's then, but what if I have money too? Mm. And, and so I'm, I'm kind of curious about wh- how do you weave those things together? So somebody could have that same experience, hmm. but also have the wherewithal to maybe do more than just write a check. And what would that even look like? So that's just an yeah. interesting space for me when you step out of your comfort zone, which you've done, and that's kind of the hundred things list is I'm going to step out of my comfort zone, climb near, skydive, whatever I'm going to do. Why is that so important to this journey? Stepping out of comfort zones?
1: It allows someone to test themselves in a, in a different way and you get another view of yourself. It allows you to grow. I, I don't think much growth happens within your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. I think when you step out and you get nervous and your palms get clammy and your, your heartbeat rises and you don't know what the outcome is, but you step into it otherwise, you grow in a, in a small way or perhaps a large way, whether it's emotional or spiritually or mm-hmm. whatever it might be growth is just crucial to living and you know be horrible if this is as big as we got in every single way now emotionally mm-hmm. spiritually etc I, I you know we need to be growing we're going to be here for mm-hmm. a long time we hope so i think that's the importance of it i think without getting any comfort zone you don't grow mm-hmm. you don't learn you don't learn more about yourself and in kind of the, the surface level you don't do things or you you just don't do things but on a deeper level yeah you, you, you get stagnant at some stagnant. level right yeah that'd be nice to be in your comfort zone for another 40 50 60 years however long we're going to be here without really knowing who you are and really what you're capable of. We hugely underestimate what we're capable of in this world. And and I'm finding that with a choice of I'm going to try that even though it scares me or I don't know what the outcome's going to be, that is progress. Progress is a really important word as well. We always want to be progressing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But moving towards risk is a good thing versus it being something, oh, no, I don't want to do that. It may be, it sounds like fear is somewhat part of the direction you're heading towards. Yeah for you and for everyone. I'm afraid to go help that person at some level, maybe, because I gotta get close to them.
1: Definitely. It sort of shines a a mirror on us, I think, those kind of confronting experiences. It's also interesting to note that a lot of people consider or hear what I do and they think that I'm bulletproof or impervious to fear, Mm -hmm. and it's not that at all. I've just changed my relationship with it. So I refer to it as like a red light and a green light situation. Mm -hmm. So previous to starting this journey, I'd get nervous and anxious and apprehensive about doing something. I don't know if I'm going to do this. I really, you know, I have fears. Mm-hmm. When I feel those sensations, I just see a big red light and I stop and often mm-hmm. just go in the other direction. Now, I feel the exact same thing. I still get nervous. I still sweat. I still have appreh- apprehension and whatever. Uh, but now I just see a big green light. It's just a, it's an indicator that I need to try it. So I still, you know, I, everyone feels fear. I don't think mm-hmm. you can ever get rid of that. But it's just how you deal with it. I use it now and I'm finding that it, it's good for me.
0: And that's what you're teaching other people to do, too, it's, Yeah. do that. This is leading me to some kind of life fulfillment. Yeah. I'm finding success in doing that. So Absolutely. that's why you should do it.
1: Yeah. And also, like, you don't have to jump out of a bloody plane to get out of your comfort zone. You could turn to somebody and start a conversation.
0: That's terrifying for a lot of people. You know? the, the idea is it doesn't have to be huge. It's just relative to wherever you are. Do you see money keeping people isolated and stuck? in a different way, so they may be fearful, but the money keeps them just protected. They, they don't need anyone else, hmm. actually. Yeah. They can provide for themselves. Do you see people coming to you in that scenario and explaining that they aren't fulfilled?
1: Yeah, I do get
0: emails and correspondence from
1: people who, again, are financially very healthy, yeah. but lack purpose. Or people who, in LA, you hear about this a lot, like you have a big exit from a company, they suddenly hmm. have copious amounts of money but don't know what to do next. Mm-hmm. And so I do hear about that. And then, of course, my recommendation is, well, let me take you through the process of creating a meaningful list, not just a, some frivolous list, but let's dive into your values, let's dive into your, your strengths. It all sounds quite cliche, mm-hmm. but let, so in these workshops I do, I try and get people to experience the same emotions that I have, the ups mm-hmm. and downs. It's quite unique in that way. I think you can then create your, your next steps, your goals, and, and I think that helps us grow post having lots of money. Because we're told from a very young age that money's crucial in every way mm-hmm. and yes it's important to a degree but not every way mm-hmm. so i see a lot of people who are like working on you know a wage whether it's small whether it's big but that also confines them they feel very mm-hmm. connect, they're anchored to that i'm getting money therefore i can't give mm-hmm. this up I think if you clicked your fingers and everyone on the planet suddenly had a really good idea of who they were and what they wanted to do, it'd be like mass disruption for sure. Mm-hmm. But everything would settle into a really good place, and wherever people ended up working, that business, that individual, they, it would all just work a lot better. I don't know if that makes sense, but no,
0: no, it does. How, how do you see yourself now evolving? So you've got nine years in, you've got what you've got going, and you've got spiritual, emotional, you know, all the stuff you're doing. Where do you see yourself evolving? It's funny. I have a book and I'm right on the front cover. I have a show
1: where they try to glorify me being, you know, and I don't really like that stuff. I just see me playing a part of connector and creating opportunities for people. Is
0: that enough, though, for the next 40 years for you or however long you have? Oh, on? I'd never
1: think that far out.
0: It's what I need to be doing now. I really feel so it. So this and, is just in the moment now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, who knows? I think the platform or this role I'm taking on is, you know, I think it has a potential to really make a positive impact globally. Mm -hmm. I I really think that. Past that, who knows? I I, I really don't know. I just know I'm exactly where I need to be right now. I think it's a waste of energy trying to think too far down the track.
0: When you're working with people, you don't get them thinking too far out. It's just what could you be doing right here in the moment? Yeah, for sure. Because we all wanna think what's coming down the road, that's where risk is.
1: We're sort of told that school, further education, Mm -hmm. a job, a series of jobs, a career, money accumulation so that you can save to buy a house, have a family, Mm -hmm. buy a dog, a couple of cars maybe, and then retire and then enjoy it. So there's this kind of roadmap that's Mm -hmm. put down there. But I remember having to make a choice at 16 on subjects that would greatly influence where I ended up in life. Do I go down like a you know, mathematical road? Do I go the, the arts? Do I, mm-hmm. you know? And I, how do you know mm-hmm. at 16 where you're meant to be when you're 40? I chose to do engineering because my dad was an engineer. And like, I don't think that's the best way to think about what you're doing in life. I think it needs to be more short-sighted, which sounds silly. There's no point in me thinking what's going to happen in 20 years. Tell me about your next book,
0: or is there going to be a next book?
1: Yeah, I actually turned down an offer for a book just because I want to put all my energy into what I'm doing. But I want to do three books currently. Mm -hmm. My first book is a, a memoir, essentially, of, as they call it, Sounds a bit kind of <laughs> funny, mm-hmm. but, you know, why I did my list. It's my story, really. You know, my, my list and how it sort of started flirting with the idea of helping people, and mm-hmm. then it stops. I think the second book will be a continuation of that, which would lead into kindness and, and what good that does. Mm-hmm. So I'm not ready to write about it because it hasn't happened yet. I'd like to do a book which is based on my my online workshop. I, I don't want it to be a self-help book mm-hmm. or anything, like, cheesy like that. I, I just think there are some really important lessons and, and, and ideas that I could condense into a really powerful book. And I want to write a kids' book about this kid who, like, wakes up every morning having brilliant dreams, but his reality is not nice. He tells his mum, and his mum says, "Well, look, just before you go to bed, write down what you'd like to dream about. You'll dream about it." And mm-hmm. he, he he writes down whatever it is, and he thinks about it, and as he falls asleep, goes to sleep, wakes up the next morning, and he doesn't dream about this thing. And it, it happens day uh, day and day 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 after after the other, and eventually he's he's got this list of things that he can't dream about, and he thinks, well. If I can't dream about this, I wonder what I can do in real life. And then he just starts on this journey. And I think there's just a cool kid's book in
0: that. That's very cool. What about the TV show? What's that about? And how do you how do you like that or not? The
1: sh- yeah, it was a really fun experience. The show was 26 episodes uh-huh. filmed in, in the US and Europe. And it was me helping people. It was, it was fun. I, I really enjoyed doing it. I'd never done a show before. But it was brilliant. It, it got shown on Go90, which uh-huh. is like a Verizon online platform. And, and that was just it, really. You know, that was the, the deal. Uh, I'll film the show when he gets put there, and happy days, and so that all took place. I mean, the whole production process is actually really fascinating. Mm-hmm. I have a, a, quite an interest in it now. But I, I've got an idea for a show that would be a lot more powerful and a mm-hmm. lot more unscripted. So we, these
0: people that needed help, you knew who they were; they were already pre vetted. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. It was like we
1: had, for example, a guy called Thomas who was a war vet, lost a leg in the war, and he wanted to learn how to ski. So it was all pre arranged. We took him to this place in Telluride, which is beautiful mm-hmm. in Colorado. But they had a team of people, basically, who had taught amputees how mm-hmm. to ski. And it's obviously a perfect match. Mm-hmm. It was great. And Tom got to ski. But what I really like is this idea of knowing somebody who needs help and then the story of how we find that person. And, and I think there's, you know, like we taught a, another war vet, funnily enough, in Hawaii how to surf. It was he wanted to overcome a fear of water. And uh, it was all pre-done. There was someone who mm-hmm. we knew could teach him how to surf. I wanted to stand on a table in the middle of a restaurant in Hawaii and go, hey, I've got a war vet over here. Who can teach him how to surf? I would imagine most hands would go up. And just then the just adventure pick something. of that. It, that's the adventure. Yeah. And, you know, it would have the same outcome. He'd be able to surf, but it Who's really
0: moved in that moment to raise their hand and go, yeah. I want to teach him.
1: Yeah. And it just shows real life how we are just so desperate and
0: able to help people. We just need an opportunity. So I'm working on a concept around that at the moment. So tell me about the platform a little bit, so our you know listeners can understand that, and how do they go find out what's going on with the platform? Yeah, Constant. Kind of, essentially, it's like online dating, but for acts of kindness.
1: It's a marketplace. On one side, people who need help can either nominate themselves or people can nominate them. Fill in a project, press submit, and it populates onto a map. From the other side, if you're looking to do good, you go there, you choose a category, whether it's last wish or elderly or uh, disaster relief or uh, you know whatever it might be. Uh, and put in your location and then there's a map will then pop up with Mm -hmm. dots everywhere which represent the people who need help and you can read through each profile and if you're drawn to one of them you can start chatting i suppose directly to them and then if you agree that you can help you you do it
0: so that's online now
1: dot com.
0: okay that's great what's one piece of advice for wealth creators who are listening to you right now no matter what we
1: do in life, I just think it's crucial that you know who you are and you're being that. And I think if you're passionate about whatever it is you're pursuing in any aspect, but certainly a business aspect too, I, I just think that's important.
0: Mm-hmm. I think
1: if you're able to be yourself, be super passionate, be purpose-driven by everything you're doing, I think that you can't help but be successful in that sense. Um, Even in
0: the business is what you're referring to. Absolutely, in the yeah. Business.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure there are people out there who have had success from just doing something that's clever rather than something that they're passionate about. But Mm -hmm. I'm sure if you speak to people who are passionate about what they're doing, I would imagine that that for them on a personal level is far, far more valuable than making the money anyway.
0: And what's one piece of advice you might just give the listeners who want to take one step, just one step towards being kinder? Being kinder? It's a choice.
1: You know, I think the issue in society is it's hard to go, okay, listener, go and help someone now. Because I don't really know. No, there isn't really a platform for it. It's hard to go to a charity. It's hard to go to Make-A-Wish and say, I'm actually an ambassador for Make-A-Wish. But still, mm-hmm. you can't go to Make-A-Wish and say, hey, I want to help a kid. It just doesn't work like that. You know, there's there's so many barriers to entry. I, I think to be kinder, start with the person next to you. Smile. You know, that's all it takes. Be open-minded. But I think be kind to yourself. You know, the question I always ask, as I've mentioned, is what's on your list? And I think. It starts with giving yourself permission. And I think if someone's moved or they're very curious about this interview, they should just press pause right now and think about themselves. And that would be the first step.
0: That's excellent. Hey, thank you very much. I uh, really appreciate you spending some time with me and just giving me a little more backstory and the listeners <laughs> on that. It's really helpful and inspiring. Yeah, oh, thank
1: you Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, it's Great. great.
0: I really hope that you found my conversation with Seb to be interesting and inspiring. How often do we either miss opportunities to help because we're not looking, we're not aware, we're not conscious of places that we can easily share our capabilities, our life, our influence, our money in some cases to help someone else and we want to help. My experience is people want to help. I want to help. Sometimes it's just not knowing where I can help and Seb helps us figure that out. There's a lot of comfort in routine, but they say variety and trying new things is the spice of life. So what's on your list? Who can you help today? My hope is that this conversation inspires you to find new ways to be courageous and try something new with either your time or your money or maybe even your influence. Thanks again for tuning into my conversation with Sebastian. Have a great day and go live full. Wealth Confidant is produced by Jessica Fox and Anna Olivia McLean. Music is by Royal Deluxe.